Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Robert E. Dunn once said, guilt is one of those emotions that feeds on itself. With every bite, it gets just a little bit heavier. I know people in my life, and you guys know people in your life, and maybe you're one of those people who you just cannot, uh, or they just cannot see themselves as loved or lovable by God or by other family members and people they care about because of something they have done or something that is part of their present. There is very little in this world as damaging and as deceiving as guilt. So I wonder, do you have a past that you just can't seem to get over? Do you have a present that you just can't seem to get over? And every time you're making some traction and it feels like things are going well in your life, it seems that these things come back up and come back up and come back up. We are in the second part of a three-week series on emotions, and last week we talked about anger through the lens of Moses. We talked about God telling Moses that he needed to speak to the rock, but instead Moses strikes the rock, and as a result, we see the consequences that he's not allowed to enter into the promised land. My community group last Sunday night, we had an amazing discussion on this. Now, it's been said that guilt is to the spirit what pain is to the body. And that's something that we're going to look at today. Uh, Guilt is what we're going to be talking about. So guilt is one of the enemy's most effective tools. And if the enemy can keep you feeling guilty, you'll be constantly rendered ineffective in your life. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do is turn to Joshua. If you do have your Bible, that's where we're going to be at today. You can turn to Joshua. Otherwise, you can look up here on the screen, or if you want to use your phone, that's fine. I would go as far as to say this. Unwarranted guilt, or guilt that sometimes you shouldn't feel, it's okay sometimes to feel guilty. If you've done something wrong, if you've hurt someone, it's normal to feel guilty. But what I'm talking about are people who, because of something, maybe even 20 or 30 years ago, a mistake they've made, they just have the ability to carry it around. And I'm one of those people, I feel guilty about everything. Beth and I joke about this. We can't lie to one another. Because even these little things that you, which I guess is a good sign of a pastor, but we're not able to lie to each other because even the littlest things that you probably wouldn't tell someone We feel so weird we tell one another. Like we just, so guilt is something that on a smaller scale, but but, but still mentally takes up a lot of space that I relate to, that I know some of you relate to as well, maybe even in a stronger way. But I believe that unwarranted guilt keeps more people from doing God's will than almost any other emotional experience that we have. 
So whenever I asked about anger last week and asked you guys to raise your hand, over half of the hands in the room went up, I struggle with anger. And then I said, now how many of you really struggle with anger? Like you've got real anger issues. And there were several enough that were honest enough to raise their hand for that. But guilt is a little bit more difficult to identify. So as there's many of us in here that could say we struggle with anger, guilt is a little bit more tricky. You may not even know what's going on inside of you. It's causing these emotions to make you feel down or not good enough or, or all of this other kind of stuff. And that's what we'll talk about today. So today, what we're going to talk about before we enter the promised land, because that was what was really close last time we were together. We're going to talk about this story right before we enter the promised land. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. So Joshua chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Joshua chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 14. And we're going to look at this through the lens of a woman by the name of Rahab. All right, Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Joshua, Nun's son, secretly sent two men as spies from Shittim. He said, go look over the land and especially... Jericho. They set out and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. They bedded down there. Someone told the king of Jericho, men from the Israelites have come here tonight to spy on the land. So the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, send out the men who have come, who have came to you, the ones who came to this house, because they have come to spy on the entire land. But the woman had taken the two men, and she had hidden them. Then she said, of course the men came to me, but I didn't know where they were from. The men left when it was time to close the, the gate at dark, but I don't know where the men went. Hurry, chase after them. So you see, she's lying here. She's protecting them. Hurry, chase after them. You might catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the flax stalks that she had laid on the roof. The men from Jericho chased after them in the direction of the Jordan up into the fords. As soon as, those as soon as those chasing them went out, the gate was shut behind them. Before the spies bedded down, Rahab went up to the roof. She said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Terror over you has overwhelmed us. The entire population of the land has melted down in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Reed Sea in front of you when you left Egypt. We have also heard what you did in Sihon and Og and the two kings of the Amorites and the other side of the Jordan. You utterly wiped them out. We had heard this and our hearts turned to water. Because of you, people can no longer work up the courage. This is because the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now I have been loyal to you. So pledge to me by the Lord that you will turn in, turn, will, you're, in turn, you will deal loyally with my family. Give me a sign of good faith. Spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, and sisters, along with everything they own rescue us from death. The men said to her, we swear by our own lives to secure yours. If you don't reveal our mission, we will deal with you loyally and faithfully and with, when the, with you when the Lord gives us this land. So I want us to consider the weight of guilt 
on one side that you guys came in here, some of you came in here with this morning, and the reality of redemption and the reality of rescue that's on the other side of this. So we'll do this through this story of Rahab. So the first thing that I want you to recognize is that Rahab had a reason to feel guilty. And some of you in here this morning may feel as if you have a reason to feel guilty. You've never felt good enough. You've really hurt someone in the past. You went through a really, really bad divorce. You're not the person in the lives of your children that you should be. Maybe you have kids or people in your family that you no longer speak to. And even though you don't talk about it, there is this level of overwhelming guilt that is there all of the time. So let's consider Rahab. She is at the bottom, the complete bottom of the social ladder. She was a woman in a patriarchal society. Very difficult position to be in on its own. She was a prostitute. She was a Gentile. So I want you to think about this. In this, in this ancient world, female, prostitute, poor, ethnic minority. This is as low as low gets, the position that she's in. Her home is likely a bar and a brothel. So this place that we come into in which the spies are being hidden is likely both a brothel and a bar. And because of her occupation, everyone else in Jericho that knows of her considers her to be a moral leper. So add that to the list of everything else that keeps her in a very low place. So her city and the people of Jericho were enemies of God. Add to the list also that she's going to be considered a traitor because she's protecting these two spies. So I believe that there are some Rahabs, as far as the mindset is concerned, that there are some Rahabs that are in here right now. And there is this overwhelming sense of not being good enough. You can never overcome the past. This mistake was just too big. And where you are is where you are going to die because you simply aren't good enough. Or because of what you've done, there is no possible way that God could love you. As a recovering alcoholic, I can relate to that. As a person that's not been the husband and dad at different times in my life, I can relate to that. With a lot of the struggles that I've had from one time to another, and there's just something within me. I don't know what it is. It's not genetic. It's definitely environmental, but it's like I'm always pushing and still to this day as a pastor, it's sometimes still hard for me to recognize that God loves me. I know God loves me, but to internalize that sometimes it's still really, really difficult for me. And that's just an honest confession. So because of this occupation, she's considered to be a moral leper and she's hiding these spies. So here's some signs that you could potentially struggle with guilt. Because you're like, okay, maybe this sounds a little bit familiar. Maybe there's some of this is here. I don't know quite if I relate to all of this stuff. But what is it that makes a person struggle with this level of guilt in which they've got, they've got this weight that is upon them, you know, a good majority of the time? So I want you to think about these things. The first is this. You avoid certain people or situations because they tend to trigger shame emotions. 
All right, so you're walking down the hall. You see someone that you haven't seen in a long time in the grocery store. You immediately skip over to another aisle because, and this was church people for a long time with me because I'd been in ministry whenever I was younger, left ministry, was out of church for many years. But if I saw certain people, and what you'll do in these situations if you do run into these people, so how have you been? How's the family? Are you in ministry? One thing that you immediately try to do is change the subject. You don't want to confront the things that bring about shame and you don't want to confront the things that bring about guilt in your life. Another sign is that you constantly replay shameful moments in your head. And this is something that Beth and I talk about a lot. So some of you that are parents that felt like you haven't lived up to what parenting uh, should be in your life, or you've really, really hurt someone in the past, throughout your day, some of you, I know your mind, like mine, it never stops. It's always going. Sometimes it's like a roller coaster, and sometimes it's just that you're rehashing all of these things. I could have done this better. I could have been this way. The outcome would have been so much different if I would have handled this particular situation in this way, and you just about drive yourself crazy all of the time. And some of you, because your mind just goes and goes and goes, you're just tired. You come in here this morning, and you're looking for a fresh experience, but the reason that you numb yourself out with social media or with your phone or with drugs or alcohol or with whatever it may be is because your mind is so tired that sometimes you just need to be able to let it stop because it goes and goes and goes. But also you're unable to grow in your faith because guilt always slows the progress or the process. The enemy is very present. So it's like God wants to do these amazing things in your life. God wants to take you to the next level. God wants you to be repentant of this sin, this area that you're really struggling. God wants you to step into a calling in your life, something that you could do that is amazing. But then all of a sudden, you're the guy that did this, or you're the girl that did this, or you can never shake that, or you still really struggle with this thing that you did years and years and years ago. So here are some extreme forms of guilt, just so we can define this. Here are some extreme forms of guilt that some of you in this room or listening online could be carrying right now. The affair that you're in the middle of. The big lie, you know, that your spouse or your friend or your significant other or whoever it is, you're just, you're just good at lying. Addiction. And let me just say this about addiction for just a second. You may think if you're outside of this world, that addicted people just go around trying to hurt everybody that they can. But we're usually talking about individuals that have some of the lowest self-worth and lowest self-esteem that you can possibly imagine. And this is another reason that, that, that this guilt is masked with more drugs or more alcohol or more pornography or more of whatever uh, that it may be. You've abused a child. You've badly hurt or, in some cases, maybe killed someone. You physically abused someone. These are the extreme forms of guilt. But a lot of you in here struggle with some of the more mild forms of guilt. You have lustful or badful thoughts. You know, you're a 20-year-old guy, and you feel like you can't control your mind. And, you know, the church is talking, you know, I can't think these things, I can't think these things, I can't think these things. And you're always kind of in that, in that prison. Uh, you wish bad on others. You feel like you don't care about other people. You have an overwhelming sense of jealousy that you don't feel like you can control. I right, see these are milder forms. There are so many people 
that are paralyzed by this feeling of guilt. I'm not talking about conviction. There is a difference in the conviction of the Holy Spirit and what we're talking about, just everyday guilt that the enemy is able to use against you. You just feel guilty for everything. But this is what I want you to hear today. Something happens with Rahab. Now, I want you to think about this. Prostitute, poor, woman, traitor, moral leper, ethnic minority in a, in a Jewish community. Everything going against her. You know that her self-esteem is not high. If she is running a brothel, she is also exploiting other women, possibly very, very young women on a regular basis. She feels low, but I want you to hear this. Rahab was moved by God's Israel, by Israel's God. She was moved by Israel's God. Something happened within her to where she was able to say, maybe this is worth a closer look. I'm struggling. I feel this weight. I don't only feel it on myself, but everyone else sees me. They see me as the divorced person. They see me as the person who cannot keep a good job. They see me as the person who cannot manage finances. They see me as the, as the deadbeat dad. Or is this or is that? But then all of a sudden, she is moved by Israel's God. This is what the passage tells us in 8 and 9. Before the spies bedded down, so before they go to sleep, Rahab went up to them on the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land. Now this is where the turning point is for this, and this is what us Wesleyans would call prevenient grace. What this means is that the Spirit is starting to draw her in. For some of you that have become interested in this church, but you're kind of in this place right now where you've got one foot into Christianity, one foot into, well, I'm kind of still trying to figure things out. The Spirit is drawing her into this experience. Maybe there is something more there. Terror over you has overwhelmed us. The entire population of the land has melted down in fear because of you. So what moves Rahab moves every true believer in grace. And I want you to hear this regardless of how dark it may be today. Regardless of what you are carrying and what you carry. Because you don't have to walk out of this place carrying that. You can be changed today. The Holy Spirit renewal within you. Fresh waters running through you today can be your reality. But this is, the, this is what she saw. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What if God could love me despite the things I've done? What if? You're what if about everything negative in your life. I know some people, what if I get cancer? What if we, we wreck the car? What if this happens when my teenager goes up? What if? This God could love you despite the things you've done. What if this whole thing is real? What if it is? What if it's real? What if that's being offered to you today? Never thought about God in that way? I saw God as kind of this far off thing, if there even is a God. 
or I used to be really involved and I'd done all these things, but now I'm just such a bad dad or mom or friend or coworker. I've, I've done people wrong with the business that I own. I've done all of these different things. But what if every single bit of it could break down today because of the power of grace? As a result of this kind of thinking, Rahab decides to do something crazy. She steps out of every ounce of comfort that she has ever known. She has ever known. She lives in Jericho. She's not a Jew. She steps out of every ounce of comfort that she's ever known for a life that offers something better. Now, I want you to understand, guilt does not magically go away the same way that sin doesn't magically go away. Now, there are some things you leave at the foot of the cross and they're done, but there are other things. It's a process that you walk through as a believer. So it doesn't mean that sometimes you aren't still going to feel the overwhelming weight of this kind of guilt, but the reality of that freedom in Christ is right there for you. So Rahab has this, this pattern that I believe that we need to follow. And this is the first thing she does. Rahab takes a step of faith. She takes a step of faith. And for some of you, that's all you're, la that's all you're lacking because you see this person that is unworthy. You see this person that is unacceptable. And every time it feels like you're making some headway and you're able to go forward just a little bit, you're being pulled back constantly. You know, I've heard that guilt is like a snooze alarm in your mind that just never goes off. You want to get that freedom. You want to be able to go forward. You want to be able to walk into the newness of life. But every time you do, the enemy reminds you of that kid that won't talk to you or that person that you hurt or how badly you've damaged certain people that you used to work with or how you've quit everything that you've ever tried. And it comes back, and it comes back, and it comes back. But she makes the decision to step in to faith. Within the depth of her personal guilt, within the depth of your personal guilt, can you trust that God is enough? Can you trust, now listen to this and how refreshing this is. You say, no way, that's not true. That God can cover Every single mistake, every single hurt, every single bad thought, every single time that you've taken advantage of someone, everything that you've looked at when you thought nobody else was around, every drink you've taken, every pill that you've ever snorted, every abusive thing that you've ever said to any person, the rivers of living water can flow over you in this very day. And that's what she does. She says, I'm done. It just hurts too much. The constant pain, the constant going back and forth. It's just every single day over and over and over. And things can be different. But also Rahab goes from, and this is so important, she goes from being a consumer to being a producer. She goes from being someone that goes, me, me, me. You know, this is my brothel that I'm running. This is my source of income. This is what I'm doing. She goes from using her physical space as a brothel to make money to using this physical space 
to hide God's people. And it's the same way we see in the New Testament when you have all these men and women that are leading these house churches. They're using their space. It's no longer about me, but it's now about this relationship with God. It's about moving forward. But also Rahab understands the consequences of her actions and that there are always consequences for our actions. And because of that, she's able to turn around under the pressure of the moment. Rahab takes a leap of faith to demolish the guilt that she feels. So she finds something, as all of us have to do, regardless of what your emotional struggle may be. She finds something beyond her emotions. And this is what it is. She finds a God that embraces her. She finds Abba. She she finds that loving kindness that warmth, what John Wesley called a strange warmth. It pulls her in. Yeah, you messed up again. You're struggling. I get it. You're being a whole lot harder on yourself than I'm actually being harder on you. Come to me with those heavy burdens. I'm going to give you some rest. I'm going to make everything okay. And you see the ability to walk this walk and the ability to live this life is not found in, oh, I've got this church where the people are wonderful and they're great and all that kind of stuff. That's important. And it's not found in, I read the Bible this much a day. I do this, I do that. Because some of you, this guilt is even, if you read your Bible every day and you miss a day, like you're so legalistic in these patterns that guilt hits you. The second you don't do something right, and that's not the way that it's supposed to work within agape love. You always have that place to return to. You always have that place to come back to if you are repentant and you have a desire to change your ways. And this is exactly what we see in Rahab. It's this kind of move that we see. And then this is the best part of her story. Rahab's guilt, this horrible emotion, the weight of this, it's so heavy. That's the only way I know how to explain it. Anger is explosive. What we talked about last week, guilt is heavy. It's really, really heavy. Rahab's guilt was covered by redemption, renewal, and forgiveness. Her story was completely changed. What's that lyric that we just sung? You took what the enemy meant for evil and you turned it to good? This is exactly what happens. I'm new, and you want to know something? People in Jericho, in my neighborhood, that look at me like the prostitute, you can continue to identify me that way, but I am a child of the king. I am no longer going to live within those labels because I have been completely changed. Now, the same can be true for you today. And I wonder what, what, keeps, people, what keeps people holding on. I wonder what that is. Is it that you believe it's still not true? Is it that the power of your sin is too great? Is it that you feel like you're leaving too much behind? I don't know exactly what it is, but freedom is offered to you. So the same can be true for you today, but you must believe and you must know that Christ accepts sinners just like me and just like you. So this is what verse 14 says. The men said to her, we swear by our own lives to secure yours. If you don't reveal our mission, we will deal loyally and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us this land. Redemption, renewal, 
Forgiveness, redemption, renewal, forgiveness, a fresh start. You're a secret drug user. A lot of people don't know about it. You've been struggling for it for with years. Redemption, renewal, forgiveness. You're a, you're a crappy husband. You don't treat your wife good at all. Everybody knows it. You have that reputation. Redemption, renewal, forgiveness. The weight of that divorce, the pain of what you've been through, the decisions that you have made that have hurt so many people. Redemption, renewal, forgiveness is the experience that is offered. And this is so prevalent and this is so known in her life. And this is pretty crazy for a woman during this period of time. But she gets two honorable mentions in the New Testament. Hebrew eleven thirty one by faith and by nothing else. Faith, pistis, which means action. By action on her part to turn her story around. Rahab the prostitute wasn't killed with the disobedient because she welcomed in the spies in peace. Faith meaning she believed her life could be changed. James 1.25, in the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute shown to be righteous, not shown to be dirty, not shown to be struggling, not shown to be at the bottom, but shown to be righteous in the only way that will ever matter. You know, she probably never climbed a corporate ladder she probably never had the best clothes. She probably never had all of these things, but she is seen as righteous in the only way that matters. Because the struggle and the repeated shame and the trauma and all that she had experienced in her life, she laid at the foot of the cross for the sake of Christ. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute shown to be righteous when she received the messengers as her guests and then sent them on by another road? You see, there have been so many times in my life that I have felt God moving in amazing ways. You know, God is, God is taking me from this place to the next place. And I feel like there's just this, this revival within me and this spiritual renewal and everything that is going great. And then you want to know what's happened? I'm just being completely honest. The enemy has robbed me of that because I've been reminded of my past. And I've been reminded of some of the things that I've done. Or if I've hurt my family, or if I've made bad decisions, it's like that guilt just comes back. And it's like this, this, again, to use the word heavy, it's like this heaviness that you feel like you can't move forward with. And it just absolutely destroys everything within you. Paralyzed by the feeling. So how do we receive freedom from our guilt? How is it that we are able to walk in to the newness of life? Because I believe with all of my heart that that is a move that some of you need to make today. You are not created in the Imago Dei or the image of God to feel as if you are stuck all of the time in your life. But instead, as little as you may understand or know, to move forward in the light of grace, in the light of truth. So what is there to do? First, we must accept that our goodness can never remove our guilt. And this is what I'm saying for those of you that are achievers, 
For those of you that are performers, don't start trying real hard. Because if you're trying to get rid of guilt by trying really hard, you are going to crash. And with that crash, all of those emotions are going to come back down because you are not perfect. And you never, ever will be. So your effort to try hard is never going to work. You see, Rahab recognized that with her faults, there was nothing that she could do on her own. But second, we must accept that we will continue to make mistakes. Now, this is not giving permission to sin. This is not saying go back into all of those things that you were involved in. But what this is suggesting is that you are human, even saved by the grace of God. So you can't allow the weight of that guilt to constantly return over and over again. It has to be turned over. And then this is the most important thing. We must trust that only God's grace can remove our guilt. This isn't something that you can earn. And this is certainly something that you don't deserve. But in order to walk through this in your own brokenness, you can't do it. Because here's the thing. For some of you, what you're going to recognize, and I don't care what it is, you're going to achieve and achieve and achieve. Because you believe you're built for achievement or you're trying to compensate for something that you didn't understand in your childhood. There's a lot of psychology there. And you know what's going to happen right here? I'm still not happy. I'm still not happy. And if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, if it's where your marriage is right now, if it's just this overwhelming feeling of the past, and maybe for 20 years or 30 years or maybe even longer, every single time that you see yourself worthy of God's love, all of that starts to overpower and just shoot right back in. And you hear that voice. But you did this. You did that. Well, your kids might have forgiven you, but God can never forgive you. You're never going to be whole again. That was your moment right there. And you blew it. You screwed it up. And this is what Jesus is saying to every single person in here today. John 8, 36. If the Son makes you free, you will be free. Not if the Son makes you free, life might improve just a little bit. Not if the Son makes you free, just follow a few steps and eventually things will be better. If the Son makes you free, and in your broken state, and in your struggling state, you kneel and you go to God and you say, I've got a lot of things. It is, there is no feeling as amazing in this world as being able to take those things and lay them at the feet of Jesus. And even though you can't see that, this is what I want you to understand because this is not visible to us. There are open arms of love that want to embrace you and want to take you in and want to say, stop driving yourself crazy. 
Stop allowing your mind to go to all of these places. You're a teenager. You'll figure it out. I've got your back. You're struggling and you don't know what to do in your marriage right now. Come to me. Bring these burdens to me and I will give you rest. If you choose to pick it back up, you choose to pick it back up. But if you step out in faith, he can wash it all away. With every head bowed this morning and all eyes closed. Maybe you're in here this morning and you can just acknowledge that in one form or another, and it may be the most bizarre things that no one even knows about, that most people would not even feel guilty about. Or it may be that you're carrying a really big lie. Or you're carrying a lot of hurt. Or you keep trying to do and keep trying to do and you're making it up the corporate ladder. You're getting promotions. It's, it all looks good. Life looks good. But there is still just this place where you feel like you're not enough. And listen, guys, for this is not on the surface. This is pretty deep stuff. But if there is anything that I can convince you of, is that the story that we are talking about today is real. And the love of Jesus, the freedom that comes through grace, the redemption, the renewal, the forgiveness, it's all real. And I want to invite you this morning, if this is something that you need to bring down, if it's something that you need to leave at the altar, that you feel that you can do that. Because the truth is that what I'm talking about right now is just too good to not believe. And Father, we come to you this morning. And God, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, the only power that we have, and through the redemption of the blood of Jesus that cleanses the sins of the world, that you will meet us in this place right now and you will take our family baggage, our struggles, the place that we are right now, the emotions of guilt, Father, that have just kept people in this room from living through the fullness that you want them to experience. Father, let us be reminded of a prostitute that not only exploited herself, but also other women and possibly men that destroyed everything around her that has mention in the New Testament because of her faith and her righteousness and her desire to take that leap into the arms of Israel's God. Break our hearts this morning. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.